Hello and welcome to Modern Intuition Podcast with your host, Olivia Scott. In this podcast, we talk all things intuition, spirituality, manifestation, and the road to uncovering soul purpose. I will be chatting with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, business owners, and industry experts to hear their road to creating success and how intuition has played into that journey. We uncover practical tools and inspiration to use in our own modern day lives to create our own version of happy, high vibration living in alignment with our true authentic self. If you love today's episode, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, leave me a review or connect with me on Instagram and let me know what you think. It is so good to be back on the podcast. I had a few months off unintentionally. Things got pretty busy um, and I had to unfortunately put the podcast aside for a while. But And then lockdown happened, obviously. And um, lockdown was a good forced break for me to get really clear around uh, what I was focusing my energy on. And what I realized was that I was really missing the podcast. And so... I'm really excited to bring you this episode today. I thought I'd just fill you in on a little bit that's been going on. Uh, Last time you may have checked in, I had my group coaching program running, which came to an end during lockdown. Um, So the Love Club at the moment, round two, isn't going to be until later in the year because I've been focusing on um, expanding the current business I have, which has been keeping me really busy. I've been working on Reiki training, so there's been Reiki level 1, 2 and 3 trainings going on in Grey Lynn over the past few months, which has been great. Um, So cool to see people tapping into their intuition. Something really interesting that that blows my mind every time is that every woman who comes ends the day by saying, wow, I've learned today that I just really need to trust my intuition because A takeaway from the Reiki training, yes, people are coming to learn about Reiki, to learn how to facilitate self-healing and self-growth and healing for their loved ones. But what they realize during the day is that they're actually able to tap into their intuition and their own energy field and tap into those intuitive messages so much more easily than they realized. And so that's been huge and I think incredibly empowering to and humbling to witness so the Reiki trainings has been in full swing. I've um, moved into my Graylin healing room, which is where I do one-on-one healings and coaching. I've been seeing my coaching clients there, which has been cool. And I launched the first product of my body range, which is called Ceremony. And it's it launched online just before lockdown. But it recently has gone into a few shops. So it's gone into Blush in the new commercial bay complex down um, in the viaduct here in Auckland. And it's gone into Supret in New Zealand, which is a really beautiful boutique, which I love. And I love both of those shops. And it just feels really good to have that out in the world. And, you know, when you've been working on something for so long, to see it be birthed in, into... Um, into shops and have people actually playing or buying with buying a product that has been um, in the back of my mind for so long feels just good it feels like a relief so anyway um, moving along into today's podcast episode so today we're talking to Jessica Reed. Jessica is a really beautiful um and she's a clairvoyant, which is how I came across her. She was recommended to me by a friend, Yelena. She's based in Melbourne. However, she is a Kiwi. She's moved over to Australia and she's lived in LA and she's lived all over the world, actually, because the work that she does allows her to work remotely, which is cool. Um, but I loved talking to Jess because she shares her journey on the process from start the start of her realizing that she wanted to use her intuitive gifts and when she did when she did learn that she was actually working in a cafe but she realized how out of alignment she was living so she started to slowly turn her life around and she shares how she she started her business from holding meditation classes 
and then how she's grown that now into um, a thriving business. She talks about what her intuitive hits and spirit messages look and sound like. Uh, She talks about receiving intuitive energy in general. And she talks about how when she gets downloads, how that looks and feels when she's around people. And she shares about how she was working in a coffee shop and and was getting um, past loved ones or or spirits come and visit people that she was serving and and how she she was able to deal with that and how she managed her energy. Um, She also talks about the grounding practices she uses to stay balanced in her own life and how she incorporates that balance into living in this intuitive realm but also staying balanced and living on the other side which is something that I believe is really important is actually being able to pull those intuitive messages through in a way where we're open and receiving to a more masculine grounded action oriented place because so often it's easy to um, stay in this realm of Um, spirit guides or receiving information but we have to be able to pull that information through and use it in our lives in an effective way in an achievable or realistic way Um, so she shares her grounding practices she uses she sorry she shares about how she uses those downloads in a business sense and actually how to take that aligned action she she talks about how she turns her nervous energy or her fear energy into purposeful action. Um, I loved that part. She shares about how you can actually redirect energy in a way that serves you. And she's just an all-round gorgeous girl. And I love talking to her. And I, I wish I had more time to talk, talk to her. We might have to do a part two. But Without further ado, I will be introducing you to Jess. And as always, if you like today's episode, please share it with a friend or comment or review or share it on your Instagram and tag me or even just DM me and let me know what you liked about it the most. I love to hear from you guys. And yeah, sit back and enjoy the episode. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you again, Jess, for joining me on the podcast. Um, so I just want to get to know a little bit more about you first and foremost. Can you tell me uh, about yourself, where you grew up and where you're living now? Yeah. Um, so I was brought up in, uh, Wellington, New Zealand. Um, so I was kind of brought up with, um, a lot of nature around, like I did a lot of camping and horse riding and, um, my mum was very like holistic and natural and everything like that so I think I had quite like a like when I think about growing up I was very like natural focused (laughs) if that makes sense um and um yeah I had a sister so like I'm just very girly and um into all things very just like feminine and holistic and everything and then um I well I don't really think of myself as living in Melbourne it's kind of just another place that I'm <laughs> like exploring because I've lived in and done lots of traveling basically all around and um, have lived in a few different um, countries and cities and everything so it's currently Melbourne but it's not it's not con- going to continue to be Melbourne <laughs> it's, it's probably going to be more up towards like up the coast towards Byron Bay and Brisbane area beautiful yeah. Yeah. Is that your work that has taken you from place to place? No, it's just been intuitively like I've kind of, because my work is all online, I can basically be wherever as long as there was Wi-Fi. But yeah, there'll just be certain places I'm drawn to and I'll spend some time in. It's usually where the sun is. <laughs> like I've spent lots of time in Bali and California and North Queensland and lots of sunny places. That's why Melbourne's not quite doing it for me. Because <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's still got, it's still got quite a winter to it. So not keen. <laughs> Absolutely. On to the next one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Melbourne's really beautiful in the summer. I hear it gets very yeah. hot there. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. But um, I don't know. I just, I am such like a Leo, such like a sun sign, like such a, <laughs> like I need warmth because I always feel the cold really intensely. And so, 
And that really makes sense with you being your work, being very in tune with who you are and aligned with who you are. You have to actually really take care of yourself first and foremost to be able to do that work. Yeah. 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 Like I was explaining to my partner because we're talking about, um, yeah, moving up the coast and I was trying to explain to him like, yeah, the reason why I really don't like being in a place that has really cold and miserable winter is that I just feel like those months of the year make me very like unproductive. I know that you have to have rest and balance with productivity, but it's to me, it's more like that creative energy. Like I do have times where I'm more busy and other times where I rest more, but like, I love having like a consistent sense of like inspiration and creativity and like passion for what I'm doing. And if it's really like cold and I don't know, just like rainy and stuff all the time, I just feel really kind of like, I just feel like a hobbit. I just, I just want to sit inside by the fire and just like not do anything. So yeah, I think it just kind of, I need it for my business. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's so much to be said for, um, being not only in physical environments that fuel our creativity, but also energetic environments. And you have yeah. to really think about where you're getting your energy from. And more often than not, it is nature and seasons mm-hmm. and being, if it's yeah. for you, it's near the water or if it's for someone being near a forest and what it is that actually does light you up. I find that's so important yeah. to understand. So <laughs> tell me, um, just to take it back also, tell me a bit, bit mm-hmm. about your business and what it is now and what it looks like, but also how it started. Um, so at the moment, you know, I do, I do online readings, but I also focus a lot of my energy and time on um, my main course, which is the Gifted Experts course, which is all about intuitive development and uh, working with spirit and helping other people, yoga instructors, like anything that's really helping guide people. A lot of people feel drawn to also learning how to do reading so that they can bring through guidance and messages for their clients. Um, so that's my main focus. And then, you know, I've got self-study courses on how to meet your spirit guides and I'm creating one about channeling. So yeah, I'm mainly focusing on like the educational part of helping people connect for themselves because readings are really good and I love doing them. And sometimes you just need someone else's um, insight or perspective to kind of um, confirm what you really know deep down and give you that sense of support and that sense of guidance to really move forward, you know. But I think ultimately if you can be really strongly connected to your intuition to your spirit guides yourself then you're always going to have that for your whole life (laughs) so I think that's um even more important than just getting readings it's like being able to do that for yourself so that's what I'm really focused on and yeah I'm going to focus on writing a book and doing some more speaking and things like that in terms of like where it's come from I literally one day like um because I had such like a intense um experience when I was going through my kind of like awakening so to speak and everything from my previous life (laughs) kind of just all of a sudden felt like I just wasn't connected to any of it anymore and I had to kind of restart the blank canvas I basically just decided that I wasn't going to work for anyone else any like anymore and never again and just started decided that I needed to start doing something that actually meant something to me that made me happy and that I could create my own income from. And that's when I just literally started teaching um, like meditation classes and workshops from home. It just started growing. Like I just started building each, like, you know, I was running them every week and then each week you just get more people and more people and more people that would kind of start showing up consistently. And then I started realizing that It wasn't really me teaching the classes or doing the, you know, guided processes. It was more so something that was just like channeling through from my spirit guides. And then everyone, you know, started asking like, well, can we do one-on-one sessions and you can, you know, do readings. And then I realized I could do that online and be able to travel. So it kind of just like, long story short, just built from that. And then when I started traveling and doing all the readings online, um, that's yeah, that's when I started getting more into like creating the courses and building it from there. Um, But yeah, it's been like six or seven years, I think since then. So yeah, long story short, (laughs) that's basically where it started and where it is now. Yeah, that's Mm. incredible. Okay. Um, So in the early days when you were starting your meditation classes and things like that, 
did you go kind of, okay, cold turkey, quitting my job, throwing myself into this business? Was that scary? No, it wasn't scary at the time, actually, because what happened was, you know, I, because basically when I was 17, I moved with my partner at the time to Queensland and we set up like a whole life and we had all the things and like ticked all, ticked all the boxes kind of, you know, and um, I was used to having like a full-time job and income and everything, but I went through, when I was going through my spiritual awakening, it was like, um, it was like everything um, had burst wide open in terms of my empathy, my intuitive gifts, my connection with spirit, out-of-body experiences, all, all these things that it was really, really, really overwhelming. And so I was, I was in a lot of anxiety and a lot of just like burnout all the time because it was like so much going on um, that that was the reason why I chose to leave everything because it became clear to me that it wasn't in alignment for me and go home. And so going home and starting over and starting my own work at the time didn't feel scary because it felt scarier to actually stay where I was in a sense, because I knew that that wasn't where I was meant to be. So it felt like a fresh, like sense of hopefulness for me because I'd been through so much with the overwhelm and anxiety and everything like that, that being able to just do something that would be in alignment with what I was learning and what I was channeling and helping other people seemed just very like, natural it, like it was like I always knew that it was what I was meant to do and it and going through that whole experience was what pushed me into it so yeah it, to me it wasn't scary because because I'd been through a lot worse <laughs> um so so yeah but I do understand that sometimes it is really scary to jump out of like a reliable you know um dependent job and income to go and do what you want to do purposefully but I, I think it's honestly it's scarier thinking that you might just spend your whole life doing something you don't want to do and never never doing what you really came here to do. I think that's scarier, like on the bigger scale. I mean, honestly, it's, it's like it's a short period of time that you might struggle and feel like you're questioning yourself. But in the bigger picture, you could, like, what if you spent your whole life doing something that you're not passionate or purposeful about? That's, that's way scarier, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree with you. It's interesting too that you say that initially you started to feel like your intuition started expanding and mm. that connection to spirit started expanding in a way where you couldn't ignore it. What did it look and feel like for you to have those, um, I guess, methods of communication opening up? Yeah, it was many different ways. Like say, for instance, I'm predominantly clairvoyant, which is more the visual aspect of intuition. And so I was I was getting a lot of um, visual experiences. Like, say, for instance, I would have a lot of really intense astral traveling experiences, which is very visual and 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 very like almost like visually overstimulating to to experience that. And then also just say, for instance, also as a side note, this is something that changed overnight. Like it was literally from one day to another, an overnight change. Like I can't, I still can't even quite explain or say like what exactly happened, but it was just literally one night, woke up the next day and everything was open and I could see and feel and sense everything. And so say for example, my job that I was usually fine with, like the job that I usually found just like a day job, um, I couldn't handle it because every single person that would come into the shop, you know, I would feel exactly what they were feeling. I would see, say, their past loved ones around them. I would pick up on, like, if their past loved one died from a heart attack, I would feel that in my body. Like there was all these messages that were coming through but the thing is, like, at the time, I didn't know how to decipher that. So if you can imagine, like, <laughs> like now if, it, if I experienced that, I'd be able to, in my mind, place it. I would be able to say, okay, so I'm feeling this person's energy. I'm also feeling this person's grandfather um, present. And, and I'm also picking up on the fact that he had a heart attack. So that's fine for me now, like, 
that's not an overwhelming thing. But if you can imagine back then, it was more like, why do I feel so anxious? Why do I feel so stressed? Why do I feel like there's some kind of man around? Why do I feel like I'm having a heart attack? Like, I, do you know what I mean? It was like all the information without the ability to process or decipher or understand even why I was getting all those things. And so it was just like all within my head. Like I wasn't telling the person like, you know, I feel this or blah, blah, blah. It was just all in my head while I'm trying to make, um, you know, I was working at a coffee shop at the time. So I was trying to make like a coffee order and just remain normal <laughs> and just be like, just, you know, input latte. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just trying to like function while I was, yeah, so for example, feeling their anxiety, being aware of some male presence around that I couldn't freaking, you know, understand. And I was internally feeling like I was having a heart attack. And so, it's like that's just one example of like a scenario, but that I, you know, I was working at a coffee counter, so every single time someone came to order a coffee, and it was like a in the center of a mall, like the one that everyone just you know goes by all day long, and so and it's really high paced. Everyone's running around stressing about how you know putting a timer on how quickly they're making the coffees and. Like it was just super like intense. And so it was like that's just one person. And then every single person that comes along, you're picking up on something different and you're trying to understand like what the hell is going on? This did not happen to me yesterday or any other day before. And like all of a sudden you're just overwhelmed with like so much stuff. And I feel like for me it was more like a almost just like a kick up the butt <laughs> from like my soul and the universe to just be like this is what you need to figure out. Like, this is what you need to start doing. And you can't just keep like ignoring it anymore. Because I've been able to access all the stuff ever since I was a toddler, but I was just shutting it out and shutting it out and shutting it out through, you know, school and teenage years. So I kind of think it was, yeah. I think it just got to the point where, yeah, overnight it was like, you can't shut this out anymore. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> a lot to deal with. How old were you when that started to happen? Um, I think it was 19. I have a really bad association with like time, especially around those couple of years because I was so out of my body the whole, because it, yeah, it was about two years where I was still just experiencing it all, figuring it all out and trying to get some control. Yeah. You know, like it was two years of figuring all of that out and so over those couple of years because yeah because I was so out of my body and so ungrounded throughout that whole experience I can't I can't remember like the physical aspect of things like I can't I could not tell you for the life like if, even if this was to save my life like if you asked me what did you do for your 20th birthday I could not tell you like I actually there's no chance that I could tell you what I did for that birthday I mean, if I went into like, I don't know, like went and went through my Facebook and like tried to, <laughs> like maybe I'd be able to find out, but by memory, I have no idea what I did for my 20th birthday because I was, I just don't have any physical recall of what physically happened through those years because I was so out of my body and so overwhelmed and so just wanting to sleep through the day. Like I just wanted to go home and sleep and just kind of escape by, you know, just by yeah just because I was so overwhelmed yeah yeah so it's kind of weird to think of that way but yeah I don't remember and I remember also like because of that I think I just wasn't physically taking care of myself either I think I just wasn't eating properly and things like that because I remember one point I mean I'm pretty petite and I'm usually about 53 kgs um but at one point I was 43 kgs you know like so 10 kgs less than like a normally petite size and so I was very like bony and skinny and I didn't even know that I was like it like my mum came to see me in Australia one time and she was shocked and she was like trying to talk me talk to me and be like you're really skinny like something's not right why like are you not eating she was like really worried about me obviously and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I just remember kind of just not even associating with that because I was so disconnected from, yeah, like 
physically taking care of myself because I was just so off. Yeah. In that space, trying to figure it out all the time. And then I've, yeah, I've seen a photo. I like pulled out an album one time and I looked at a photo from back then and I was like, holy shit. Like I, I could see like, yeah, like my bones popping out of my shoulders and just like, just really gaunt and skinny. How did I not even know? Like yeah. I know my usual, usual weight. I should have noticed that I was 10 kgs under my usual weight, but it just never occurred to me. Um, like I was that disassociated yeah totally and this is why um and i wanted to ask you about this specifically um grounding practices when when you do spend so much time in that space of receiving information Mm -hmm. and seeing things and channeling which can be often what it isn't on the physical plane whatsoever and when you do have that ability to tune into something beyond the body and especially in the early days when you're still deciphering how it actually fits into your physical world and finding the balance between being in that realm but also being in the physical realm with people and um, day-to-day you know structure and things like that what are the grounding practices and tools that you know that you need for yourself to stay balanced Mm -hmm. yeah I think um first of all I needed to be more and I think this is also for other people um I think I just needed to be more aware of the fact that grounding is so important, especially if you're going through a lot of spiritual things. Because I think people get into sometimes like that almost like glorified spiritual space of like, I'm just always up in my higher chakras and oh, haha, I'm always off with my spirit guides and the fairies. (laughs) You know, because like it, and I'm always just channeling spirit and, you know, it can become like, do you know what I mean? Like glorified, like it's like, I'm so up in like the higher chakras. <laughs> um, but, and so, and then so therefore people feel like it's not important to be grounded or they feel like it's like, it's so human or it's so 3D world to be grounded. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so, people almost think that being grounded is not spiritual because it's not the higher chakras. It's like the lower, more physical human experience kind of thing. But yeah, I think for me, I needed to actually have that awareness of like no one was really teaching me at the time. I was trying to just figure it all out on my own. So I think I just needed the awareness that it was super important to put a focus on grounding. So, and if I knew at the time, I think I would have seen that as like a, a really balancing healing thing for myself to, to deal with the overwhelm. And I feel like I would have spent a lot more time just going out and being in nature or even like having my um, grounding crystals with me as a way to really like focus my energy in a way of like being here and in the human body and being able to deal with it as opposed to hovering above my body and kind of just freaking out half the time, (laughs) you know, like, um, because I was just having panic attacks all the time. Just like, I mean, not full blown ones where I stopped breathing, but um, it was, yeah, it was just like this height of panicking where I would just be very, very, very overwhelmed. And to be honest, I had a lot of like suicidal thoughts because I thought I just couldn't actually deal with being in that experience anymore because I didn't know if it was going to end type of thing. So if I had more grounding, perhaps I would have yeah, felt more balanced or had more of something to kind of like nurture my energy with and put attention to when I knew I was getting too out of body and too overwhelmed. Um, so I definitely recommend it for, for people that might be feeling like they're kind of, yeah, having quite an overwhelming experience with seeing things and channeling and everything like that. Mm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's also just to kind of elaborate on that even further is it's so um, beautiful to have those higher self experiences or perhaps connection to source or channeling or or receiving information and guidance and you'll be able to relate relate to this being a business owner yourself but oftentimes we actually need to be able to use that information in a constructive way we actually have Mm. to then execute it in a perhaps way that isn't in connection to that place i.e using the feminine perhaps more passive wisdom Mm. in a more masculine way like in Mm. our physical environments 
i.e. channeling yeah. through business ideas and putting them to action and mm -hmm. using more of that masculine yeah. action oriented side of ourselves just as much to be able to actually use that information in a constructive way mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely because that can relate even to like manifesting like if you want to manifest something you you do you know you do do the feminine like um visualizing and everything like that and feeling into it but you do have to also um you know ground it in a way of like okay, I'm bringing it from the ethers, from the energy field and really feeling it and embodying it or visualizing it. But I'm also going to ground it by taking some aligned guided action towards toward it. You know, like, you, yeah, you do have to kind of bring that masculine part of you in that, that moves things forward. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Applying the wisdom. And I think um, it's a topic that, I think could be shared a lot more often because we get taught with energy and perhaps more new agey manifestation is that if we're just in the vibration of what we're receiving, then our physical reality will catch up with that. But it's sort of missing that last loop of you've actually got to take the action that's aligned with that information we're receiving. Right. Yeah. 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 And I guess sometimes people are like, well, how do you know what the action is? But it's really just what, feels good and what feels intuitive and what feels right you know like sometimes people um like say for instance they might be manifesting their soulmate and for some people they might actually feel really drawn to and really intuitively knowing that they need to go on a dating app because they that might just be the way that the first connection is made or some people might be feeling really aligned with and really intuitive that they don't need to go on a dating app and that they need to socialize more um and that they know that they're not going to meet their soulmate by sitting on their couch all day long you know like but either way there's some kind of you know it's not going to be the same action for every person but there's always going to be some type of action or way to create the momentum that feels aligned for you personally you know like it's yeah yeah i think just knowing what that is is just yeah, listening to your intuition and then taking some action upon it, even if it feels like a little scary. bit scary or nervous or you're like, ah. um, but just let that be like, if it's a nervousness, turn it, turn that into excitement. Cause it's the same emotion, you know, like if you're nervous or if you're excited, it's the same emotion, but just two different sides of the coin kind of thing. So you can, you can, um, you can transmute it. Like I remember when I would be about to do my workshops um, and everyone would be sitting around waiting and I'd be about to go in and do the workshop and I'd feel nervous because I'd be like, oh, you know, like, it's kind of like that public speaking type of feeling, even though it was more an intimate workshop. It was still this same feeling of like everyone's going to be looking at me and I'm going to do all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I'd be nervous, but then I would like feel into that nervous energy um, and just thought, okay, um, I know I'm meant to do this. Like this is something I'm meant to be doing, even though it's a little bit nervous or it requires me to be a little bit um, courageous or confident. Because I know I'm meant to be doing this and because I know I enjoy doing this and I get a real adrenaline rush from doing this, why don't I try and channel the nervousness into excitement for this? Because that would be more in alignment with my soul is excited. It's just my human self that is nervous. So it was like I'd try and switch that nervousness into it, into like a soul excitement so that it just felt more aligned yeah so if, if they're wanting to take action and they're feeling nervous just think about the excitement of what it might you know what it might manifest what it might bring into place if they take that action hmm. absolutely i love that so much and i also think it's important to um as a reminder that it isn't always going to feel easy taking action on our intuition mm -hmm. and that absolutely there will always be that little bit of nervousness or fear but that's not to stop us from going ahead and making those decisions yeah. anyway yeah okay so you obviously had a, the experience of growing up with this ability um, and then kind of it flicking overnight 
did you have much context to what it was that was going on, i.e. did your mum or your grandmother or anyone in your family have this ability as well? Not directly, but like say growing up, because you know when you're a kid and you just say anything, you just share any, you just tell your parents whatever, like (laughs) you don't have like a filter. So as a child, I would just always be saying to my mum and dad, like, oh, you know, I see this and then I see that. And like, <laughs> there was times when my dad would take me to the cemetery to see, to visit his, um, I think it was like his granddad and his uncle. And then I'd just be going, oh, you know, there's this person over here and this person over there. And I'd just be <laughs> off like, and I'll just wander off and have all these conversations. My dad would just watch me. And he just, what is she doing? Like, she's just, she's just walked off and she's just just having this conversation as if someone's, you know, there. <laughs> and, you know, obviously <laughs> he was a bit freaked out because he's like, this is just really strange. We're at a cemetery. Jess is like wandering off, having these conversations. Like, this is my little toddler, like my little, you know, child, like what is happening? Um, and he kind of, you know, come walking after me and, and trying to ask me questions like, what, who are you talking to and what are they saying and stuff like that. And I would just say, oh, you know, and I'd say, can't you see him? He's standing right there. He's got the coat, the, the, um, the coat on and he's got the pipe um, that he's smoking. And, and then my dad would be like, oh, and I'd say, oh, he's gone now. Like, it would just, it would just be these like random experiences. Um, where to me there was no filter because I didn't think there was anything different. Like I Absolutely. just didn't Yeah, I was like, Dad, why can't you see him? He's right there. And I was like, we're just having a conversation, you know, about whatever it was. And so yeah. it wasn't anything, you know, different to me. And then, yeah, I think once my parents both become more aware of it, my mum, my mum's very like open-minded and very, um, yeah, just open to all this kind of stuff. So my mum, she took me to a clairvoyant um, when I must have been like four, I think, um, and just asked the clairvoyant like to try and yeah to see if the clairvoyant could tune into me and see what's happening. And yeah, the clairvoyant just explained to my mum what I was experiencing and what my gifts were and just stuff like that. And so my mum really kind of tried to understand and tried to bring as much support as possible. Um, but there wasn't anyone who I knew of that could actually say like, you know, oh, I've experienced that too. You know, it's okay. You can just blah, blah, blah. Like it was more, um, my mom just trying to, trying to understand and trying to help in ways that she could. And it wasn't yeah until I was about 15 that I had a family friend it was like my auntie's friend. She was clairvoyant. And so my mum connected me with her and was like, oh, you know, I think you should connect with her and have a reading and see what comes through. And that was the first time, like consciously, because I don't remember what happened when I was four. That was the first time I consciously, like, connected with someone who was like, oh, my God, like, this person understands and, like, can explain or has had these same things. Um, and I just thought she was the coolest person in the world. I was just like, I just want to grow up and be her. I just, just, I just thought she was the coolest person I ever met. Like she was just pure magic to me. Yeah. It wasn't until then that I actually had an experience of feeling like, oh, someone else who, who gets it and, and experiences it themselves. I guess I'm just really grateful that I didn't have parents that shut it out or told me it was wrong or tried to make it a bad thing because it's not, you know. So I'm really, really, really grateful for that. Mm. Absolutely. And then from there, you went on your own journey to, I guess, understand it on a deeper level that made sense to you. Is that right? Yeah. Because, yeah, because like I experienced it all when I was younger up until school and then realized at school, this is not normal people. Other people aren't doing this and they're not getting it. So I just stopped sharing about it and stopped talking about it and stopped and just shut it out altogether. So pretty much all through primary, intermediate and high school, it was just all shut out. And I was just not allowing any of it to come through. And then, yeah, it wasn't until I was 19 when I had moved to Australia and everything that, yeah, I just had that one night, that overnight thing where it just flipped and it was 
it was literally like a floodgate that just I had been holding back for so long. Um, and it's like, I just get this visual image of that floodgate just breaking and just being like, they can't be held back anymore. Like <laughs> it's been too long and it's not meant to be shut out. So it just broke open and then I had to, to figure it out <laughs> somehow. Absolutely. And I yeah. love what you were saying at the beginning of this um, episode about how you can give readings now, obviously, but what you've found is more empowering is actually teaching people how to mm-hmm. tap into the space themselves. So mm-hmm. yeah. do, do you believe that we can all uh, tap into this way of receiving and channeling and intuition? Yeah, yeah, I truly believe that everyone has it um, because, I mean, just as a concept, like we are all born with the same, um, you know, at an energetic level, we all have the same chakras, we all have the same clairs, you know, the different forms of intuition, we all have the same divine connection to spirit and source and, you know, whatever you call it. And so you all have this like innate uh, ability you know, we've all got the same setup, but I feel like different people utilize it in different ways. So, say for example, we're all, we all have the same intuitive potential as, you know, everyone, but say for example, for, for, for some people, they're brought up in a supportive environment that would allow that to come out and come through and, you know, be embraced. And so then they would feel safe to explore it. They would feel safe to trust their intuition. They would feel excited to develop it and use it more. Whether as some people brought up in environments where intuition is nonsense, it is um, sometimes thought of as a really bad thing. There's no such thing as spirit. There's no life, you know, beyond this physical world. So some people are brought up with these belief systems that, there's no such thing and then that it's nonsense and you can't trust it. It's not safe. Um, there's nothing exciting to explore there. Like just it's put in like a dead zone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so for some people they might feel like, Oh, that person's intuitive, but I'm not, but really it's just about, you know, did your upbringing, did your conditioning, did your environment enable it or, Um, shut it down like did you have you ever had a chance to explore it and development uh, develop it or have you never learned anything about intuition like have you ever practiced have you never practiced like kind of thing you know it's it's like um because the girls that come into my gifted experts course for example some of them feel that way even just you know at the beginning of the course they're like I'm a little bit nervous because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all this like and they have that comparison factor of being like, you can do this, but I don't know if I can do this kind of thing. The analogy I use is like, if you think about, um, say you've got like a four-year-old and he's um, looking up to this 15-year-old guy and this 15-year-old guy is just really good at maths, you know, and he can do all his times tables and, you know, <laughs> um, he's just really, really, you know, really good at equations and everything like that. And he can, do, he can give you all the answers. And so, and it's like the four-year-old looking at the 15-year-old and saying, oh, well, you're really good at math, but I'm not really good at math. I, I don't even know how that even works. Like, that just must be the way it is. Yeah. Um, you know, you must just be a chosen one who's really good at math. <laughs> and, you know, and just not understanding, like, oh, no, that 15-year-old has gone through years and years of schooling, years and years of learning practicing, doing tests, you know, figuring it all out and, you know, cultivating that, that um, ability to, to, to be able to do all those mathematic equations. And so the 15-year-old would say to the four-year-old, like, don't worry, you haven't even got started yet. Like, learn about it, practice it, develop it. You can, you can be just as good as me if you want to be type of thing. You know, it's like, if you, yeah, if you've been brought up in an unsupportive environment, if you haven't even been able to explore it, if you've been brought up with a belief or a mindset that, that, it, that you can't trust it or it's not safe, 
then don't put that pressure on yourself thinking that you're just not intuitive like someone else just happens to be you know there's a lot more to the story than just this person being intuitive and this person not being and you can choose to become you know embodied in your intuitive potential yeah it's just that some people you know luckily enough are brought up in supportive environments or do get access to you know everything that they need to learn about it so it's just more about that it's not about it's not about chosen ones and you know other people who are not intuitive (laughs) i love the way you put that yeah yeah because because that's the thing is like a lot of people ask me and they're like well if you um were you know experiencing this as a toddler then you must have just been born with it but it's like i think all children are intuitive and again some are allowed to be intuitive and allowed to share everything that they're experiencing and some children are not and they're told like that's just nonsense that's just your imagination or that's really weird stop doing that (laughs) you know so yeah some are shut some are allowed and some are shut down um but even even so when it came to me being 19 when everything came back Again, I had no idea what to do. I forgot how to process all that information. I had no idea what to do with it. I had to spend at least two years learning how to figure it all out and process it and be able to actually, say, do a reading for someone. So it wasn't like it all got switched on and I was like, okay, I can all of a sudden have these abilities and do readings and blah, blah. Like it opened, but I had to learn how to process it. Like I had to... To figure it out, it wasn't like it just kind of dropped out of the sky, type of thing. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and I find different healers or different, um, I guess, people who actually specialize in doing readings and things like that actually also have their own ways of understanding and describing what they experience. And like, for example, what you said, you're more of clairvoyant, so you see things, but there is almost like a journey you go on where you have to figure out for yourself before you can even speak about it almost. Yeah. Mm. So what would you say for someone listening to three tips that you could share just to allow them to perhaps tune into this more um, spiritual self? <laughs> um th- yeah there's a couple things that come to mind um so the f- the first thing um would be um i think a lot of people need to acknowledge and become aware of um their empathy because like a lot of people they're kind of coming into their spiritual journey you know so to speak i think a lot of people just think of themselves as like oversensitive or uh highly emotional people um, and that's what society's told them. Um, but it's really healing and really empowering to realize that empathy is part of your superpower. Like it's part of your ability to energetically navigate your life. <laughs> you know, you can, if you can become aware of that and actually utilize it as a, as a power of yours um, and get out of that victim mentality of feeling like, oh, I'm just super sensitive. I'm just a sponge to everything you know, I'm just over emotional, like get out of that mentality and and more so get into the awareness, like, oh, I'm highly empathic. I can pick up on energy. I can understand energy. I can feel what others are feeling and I can feel the energy of spaces and environments and whatnot. And actually realizing like that not only can you feel it, but you can be a powerful radiator of energy as well so that you can actually feel a bit more mastery with your energetic awareness. Like say, for example, instead of feeling energetically and emotionally overwhelmed to go out into a public space, you can be coming from more of a space of like, okay, I'm going to go out into this public space. I'm probably going to be very aware of all the energy that's happening in that public space, but I'm also very aware of my ability to center my energy and my emotion and radiate the energy that I want to actually contribute to that space and bring to that space like a light worker you know so that helps people get a lot more in balance and a lot more um centered um and a lot more empowered with their um spiritual like awareness or connection with themselves because 
yeah, it's, it's, it's just about mastering your energy a bit more when you realize that you're very aware and sensitive to energy and a powerful radiator of energy to, to, you know, balance that out. And do you think that that is a mindset shift specifically, or do you think it's something that you energetically do in your body to radiate energy? I think it's both essentially because like, say for instance, if you're brought up in a world where every, where you're very highly empathic and very sensitive, to energy very aware of energy you were most likely told throughout your life that you are yeah oversensitive or over emotional or that you just can't handle you know things that you should be able to handle and that gives you the mindset that you're somehow weak or vulnerable or powerless you know um even though vulnerability is actually a really good thing it's that kind of victim mindset of being vulnerable and being you know, somehow we can just like, you can't handle life, you know? And so it's like that mindset. And then, then it, that's obviously the energy that you're in and the energy that you're kind of embodying, you know, but when you consciously choose to shift that mindset, you also shift what you're energetically doing as well. Like when you get into a space to be like, Oh no, I'm not just oversensitive. I'm not just, you know, some sponge, um, you know, I'm actually, an empath and I can actually be very aware of energy observe energy without taking it on and I can actually radiate energy then that mindset shifts and your energy and what you're energetically doing shifts because I feel like you you know your mindset and your energy is very correlated do you know what I mean absolutely integrated yeah and that even ties back to like what you were saying about manifestation is it almost there's, you can't have one without the other, right? And a, and a mindset will, will yeah. change what we're energetically choosing, the actions we're taking, and, and everything from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way you explain yeah. that too. Okay, cool. Thank you. And so what were the uh, what are the other two? Well, I find that um, the thing that, uh, you know, lots of people I've worked with, the thing that they really um, enjoy and get a lot out of is figuring out, figuring out which of your intuitive clears is most, predominant almost natural to you um because obviously when people are going to their spiritual path they're obviously wanting to connect more with themselves they're more you know connected with their intuition more following you know their path and everything like that so figuring out your predominant or most natural clear um is really 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 helpful like you've got clairvoyance clear audience clear sentience clear cognizance which is seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing. And so figuring out which one actually comes most naturally to you, the more that you can actually hone in on your intuition. Because say, for instance, um, you know, they said to me, well, you get everything visually and I just get nothing. I get no visuals. I get nothing comes forward to me. Um, So I can't be intuitive. Like I'm just not intuitive. And I said to her, well, I think you're just putting pressure on yourself, expecting yourself to experience it the same way I do. But let's just figure out how it's working for you instead of just comparing. And she was like, well, when I do it, I just get all these feelings and <laughs> as if it was like nothing. Do you know what I mean? She's like, I, she's like, well, I just get all these feelings, but I don't see anything. And I'm like, okay, just like focus on the feelings, focus on your clear sentience. But what is your, like, what are your feelings? You know, because feelings can be emotional. It can also be like in your body, feeling like you know when you know say for instance if you've got a decision to make and it's like yes or no and the idea of saying yes to it might make your heart tingle and you might get shivers all down your body in like a really beautiful way um and like you might emotionally just feel really elated um and the idea of saying no just feels really heavy and and wrong for you um so, so you can feel what the right answer is for you intuitively if you just listen to that. So, yeah, that's just one example. But figuring out which one is more predominant or natural to you helps you listen to your intuition more. Um, they can take the quiz. I've created an intuitive gifts quiz, and it helps you figure out which clear is more predominant for you. Um, Amazing. Or, I will that in the show notes. Yeah, see, it's a fun little quiz, and it just helps you realize, like, how you function and how you're intuitive gifts come through um and the third thing i would share is that um like i think a lot of people when they come into their um, spiritual journey or intuitive 
development is people get a lot of road, roadblocks when it comes to trust <laughs> um, and when it comes to um, you know not doubting themselves and, and actually trusting themselves trusting their intuition and being able to follow what they ultimately know is part of their journey and so a lot of people always ask like how do you stop doubting yourself how do you trust yourself more like how do you just kind of let that happen um and the main thing i always say is like well most people that aren't trusting or aren't following their intuition are stuck in this mindset that things have to be logical um in order for it to be safe or in order to trust it kind of thing but if you think about it like this applies to all human beings like there's not one single human being on this planet you would have had at least one time in your life if not many 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 times where you have followed your logic you have thought like this is going to work out i can trust this this is safe because it is logical and it hasn't worked out <laughs> like because you like you can't actually like your mind doesn't know your mind can't figure out what is actually going to be most in alignment for you it's your soul and your intuition that knows and so it's learning to actually realize like okay logic actually isn't as trustworthy or safe as as i've thought it is like logic can send me off into the totally wrong direction just as much as any risk of following my intuition (laughs) you know like so many people are like getting intuitive guidance and then just being so scared to follow it because they're so scared it won't work out it's like but you followed your logic so many times and it's not worked out either like there's really um just as much risk either way type of thing like I mean, I personally feel like there's less risk by following your intuition because your intuition knows like the things that are unpredictable that your human mind can't see coming ahead. <laughs> but yeah, even just switching and realizing like, oh, I'm so stuck on logic and actually it's not even that great, <laughs> you know, and, and realizing like, okay, so in order for me to trust my intuition more and follow it more, I need to actually detach from my logical, you know, mindset and realize that that it's not the be all end all of how you navigate life (laughs) um and so then therefore you realize that there's a bit more of an openness to intuition because it's like either way i don't really know exactly what's going to happen but i've got to follow something it's it's either going to be logic or it's going to be intuition neither of them guarantee that they're going to work out but what one do i feel more connected to at a soul level what one feels more exciting what one feels more like i love the mystery and the magic of intuition i love that i don't know exactly how it's going to pan out but i love that i've gotten like the first step or the or even just like the feeling of like this is not logical but i know i need to do this (laughs) you know like even though i don't know how that's going to work out i love the like magical mysterious feeling of like there's this little tingling inside of me that just tells me it's going to work out if I, if I follow this, even though it's not logical. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Like that kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. And I think it's also about building that trust muscle and it does become yeah. easier. Yeah. 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 I think, it, uh, yeah, it is about choosing to, to um, exercise that trust muscle. It's like, I know it's uncomfortable for me to follow my intuition right now because I'm not used to trusting my intuition. Um, and I'm not going to all of a sudden become super trusting of my intuition and just go with the flow. But if I just exercise my trust muscle just for this one instance, it's going to build and it's going to build and it's going to become easier and easier and easier to trust my intuition bit by bit. Um, if you're just choosing that, that's how you want to live. Like for me, it kind of just comes down to this factor of like, in the bigger picture um i even think like way like into the future way when i've got like grandchildren i want to personally feel like i live my life according to what i felt at my soul level and what my intuition led me to and see what comes of that rather than feeling like i lived my life purely on logic and only experienced like a limited version of what you know perhaps other people told me to do or what other people's experience was like I can't you know I want my grandkids to think of me as like 
<laughs> you know, Grandma Jessie who just like, <laughs> you know, just always trusted her intuition, even if it wasn't, you know, logical or she didn't even know what was going to happen, but she always trusted it. I, I just want to be known as that person, <laughs> like if it's going to be either or. <laughs> so I have to commit to that. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I I love the way you put um, that intuition knows more than us and in the sense that it will know the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth step as well. But we physically can't see that. But just trusting that that will come after we take the first step, the next step always arrives. And I think it's just a matter of that's enough. That's all we need to know in this physical time and when the right time arrives then we will know what to do next but just trusting that path and because you're right if we logically choose the next step then we will from there we'll be right back at square one having to logically figure out the next step if that's the path we go down yeah kind of like the difference between like having street view versus having bird's eye view <laughs> like I love logic that. Is yeah like logic is at like the street level view of like you can only see what's in front of you but the bird's eye view is like your intuition being able to see like everything that's ahead of you what like ultimately where the roadblocks are and what to avoid and you know how <laughs> to actually how to actually get there whether it's when you're just at the street view you're like oh, no, it just makes logical sense to go straight ahead, like that type of thing. Whether it's your good side of you, your intuition might be like, take this detour. Like, <laughs> even though it doesn't make sense to you, just take this detour, trust me. <laughs> um, 100%. And the intuition never really makes logical sense. So we never will know why we're doing it. But, but, you, yeah. but our highest self will be able to see the roadblock and it will make sense in hindsight. Hindsight always is clarity, right? Yeah, and that's the thing too is like if you're trying to trust your intuition more, it's like, well, how many times in your life have you had hindsight realizing that you should have trusted yourself but you didn't and you had to learn the hard way? <laughs> you know, like how many times have you looked back and thought, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done this. I knew it didn't feel right. But I kept pushing and I kept doing it because, it, you know, everyone else was telling me that it was the right thing to do. And, you know, I should have just listened to myself from the beginning because it turned out horribly. <laughs> you know, it's like, you you know, you just, you just get that hindsight all the time. So it's like, okay, well, are we going to make that same mistake again or are we going to trust ourselves this time type of thing? Oh, this is such a truth bomb, Jess. And I wish I could keep <laughs> talking to you because we've already <laughs> gone over time. But um, I just have one more question. What mm. is one of your most important self-care rituals that you know that you have to do for yourself to make sure, just to keep you in check? For me, it's definitely um, doing my meditation and connecting with my spirit guides um, because they keep me in check. <laughs> you like... And, and also, like, say with my work too, I have to really practice my energetic boundaries in terms of sometimes I just need to ignore my phone. Sometimes I just need to spend time by myself. Sometimes um, because with the work that I do, because I get so energetically, spiritually, like multidimensionally connected with people doing readings and everything like that, I, yeah, I, as a self-care thing, I have to, I have to practice like having my boundaries when it's like, no, I, I can't keep putting all my energy into other people and I need to just go do things for myself. That's really important for me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think the more that you do give, the more that you need to give yourself. And then yeah. I think you have to go through a few lessons of realizing why <laughs> the self-care rituals are yeah. so important. And then you do become, after a while, very clear about boundaries and what needs are because someone like yourself, you clearly give a lot, um, but you can't give from an empty cup. So yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And, and no one else is going to respect that if you don't implement it for yourself. Like I know plenty of people who are clairvoyants and psychics that get messages from random strangers all day long, just being like, can you tell me blah, blah, blah. Or, can you help me with this, please, please, please? And like, they just always feel obligated. Like, oh, like, you know, I just feel, you know, lots of people just feel obligated that they have to help everyone. And um, the more that you just give and give and give, the more that people will just keep asking, Again. keep taking. And so, yeah, so it is really important to, to 
respect it yourself first and foremost so that other people can respect it as well yeah that's right so true i love that and so where can we find you for anyone who wants to find out more about you and your courses and your work website which is um jessicareedonline.com um so that's where they can kind of get all the information and um find out about everything yeah amazing beautiful and i'll link it all in the show notes as well and once again thank you so much jess thank you for joining me it's so interesting and i hope that everyone um heads over and checks out your work because it sounds like you've got a lot to share and teach can i just ask you what is your human design i am a generator ah okay yeah <laughs> I was wondering halfway through that when you were talking and I was like, she sounds like a projector because your ability <laughs> to see kind of like systems really clearly and things like that. But generator makes sense as well. So, yeah, yeah. Generator resonates with me, especially because like, I mean, I haven't learned a whole lot about my human design, but just with the simple things about generator being like, like I need to be doing things that I'm passionate about or otherwise it drains my energy or I hate being up obligated to things like um, I think that's one of the main things with generators is like you if you're obligated or if you're on like a schedule where your time is uh, restricted or like you have to yeah if you have to kind of like do things according to a certain system that that really doesn't work like I always have to have like control over my own like schedule and what I'm doing you know in my day and everything like that yeah and I also find I have to like use all my energy up in the day before I can really go to sleep and get a good night sleep just stuff like that yeah so interesting and I know with generators too they find it really easy to understand what they want to do when they are given like a yes or a no because their body lights up to a yes so that's a really great way for them to kind of understand what they should and shouldn't do sometimes yeah 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 I, I have always been like that in the way of like I also relate it to being like cognizant in terms of just getting that sense of like sure knowing like it's a yes for me or a no for me um yeah yeah I have I to explore it, it. <laughs> yes which anyway you, yeah. I'm a projector um and I which I resonate with because energetically I I don't have all of the energy. Like I have to conserve the energy and short spurts of work and we're supposed to work like three hours a day and then spend all of our other time kind of like recuperating, resting and yeah, conserving. Yeah. But the three hours is like yeah. super focused work, you know? But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a conversation for another yeah. day. I'll <laughs> I will let you go, my dear, but thank you so much um, and much love to Melbourne and I will be in touch soon.